You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Today's episode is being recorded in the past, even though it's your present, so you can't enjoy what we're enjoying, which is Sydney wearing a birthday sash. (laughs) (laughs) And you also can't see it, so you don't know if Troy's telling the truth or not, and I'll leave that up to the listener. That's a birthday sash if ever I saw one. (laughs) Okay, so it's a birthday sash. She doth protest too much. All right, all right. It's a birthday sash. What are you going to do? Sue me? I, I can offer a signed aff- your head. I can offer a signed affidavit that a birthday sash is present. I I'll signed an NDA. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I signed a birthday NDA. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Did you wake up and say, you know what? I'm putting on a birthday sash today. <laughs> You know what's funny? I woke up and I did not have that thought, and somehow it just happened. Somebody manifested it into my life. I don't think anybody wakes up and they're like, I'm going to put on a sash today. Uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think Grant's been known to wake up and be like, you know what? Today's a sash kind of day. You know what? If I'm feeling down and I just need to give myself that instant boost, that, that serotonin boost that could only be replicated by wearing a sash to start my day, I do it. <laughs> Sydney's sash wouldn't fit around your neck. No. <laughs> it, would look, it, would, it would look like a lay on you. <laughs> Sydney and I would exchange sashes after our soccer games, and it would just be hilarious when we tried to put on each other's sashes. <laughs> I don't think I've but ever worn a sash. Sportsmanship. What about yeah. a bandolier? Have you worn a bandolier? No, never worn a bandolier. Is that, a, is that a, considered a sash? Is that in the sash family? It's a military mm-hmm. sash. You never did, like, Les Mis or anything? I feel like there's a whole scene where they all tie sashes for an hour or something. No, no. I, I would explain people, why that show is so long. Do people outside of <laughs> Broadway productions do Les Mis? That seems like a... Yes, I did. I don't know. Did really? You? Uh, in high school. big set. <laughs> <laughs> who'd you play? I don't know any of the characters, but who'd you play? I played Javert. Is that oh, a great really? Wow. 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 And we wow. got this in your podcast. church. No, my, my high school. Did it. <laughs> Your high school could afford a giant rotating stage. Yeah, but we but we skimped on the thing where I had to where the bridge I had to jump off of to to kill myself. So I just jumped like three feet, and I had to really sell it. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know that sashes have their start historically in mid and late 16th century military uses? Skid mentioned earlier about the the military sash, but um, so did high heels. Generals uh, in the military often wore a higher heel to stand above their um, rank-and-file soldiers, and both of them have been relegated kind of to more of a fashion type of sense lately. Interesting. Curious. Yeah. Relegated. If you Google, if you look up Bandolier on Amazon.com, it's almost all purses. Oh. Huh. Fun and fact. I learned something today. <laughs> Joe, will today's session feature any sashes? Now it will. Okay. <laughs> Gotta come back to the sash. If we will, you commit right here, right now, that when we return to doing glass cannon lives, you will appear on stage wearing a sash. <laughs> you have to. What is the sash going to say? 
<laughs> Whatever you want. Game mayor master. Of, mayor of Funtown? <laughs> yes. It was a mayor of Funtown. Didn't Best. Mayor McCheese wear a sash? I feel like I Mayor McCheese so. had a sash. I believe so. I could, I could get into that. You heard it here first. All right. All right, Tristan. Ma- I'm wearing a sash. <laughs> mayor of Funtown. Mayor of Funtown. I'm bringing mayor. sashes back. Well, more importantly... Yeah. Happy birthday, Sydney. Oh, thank you. Yes, happy yes. birthday. Aww. We thank asked you. Sydney, what did she want for her birthday? Name anything. Uh, she's been such a wonderful addition to the network. We'll get her any gift she wants. And she said, all I want is to play Delta Green. That's, and we said, okay. Yep. That's exactly what I said. I said, I love it so much. <laughs> Uh, it's all, all I want, I want and I get is to, do to interrupt it. my other birthday plans and work. Hey, when I when I blew out uh, the candles this morning on some donuts, I wished that I could be playing Delta Green, and here's my wish coming true. I'm just sure. so happy. <laughs> the old donut candle wish. I'm curious. I'm so though. happy. Yes, you're a bit of a of a hip stir as oh, they boy. say on the street. Did you have <laughs> Did you have cool Brooklyn donuts that were like five dollars yeah, a donut? Come on, Grant. You know I did. I live in Brooklyn. There's no <laughs> way. What were they like? Tell what us about it. Did they fried up she in gets. penguin lard or something? Yes. <laughs> did they have tarragon and sage? Like what were they like? Were they They're star not... fruit and papaya? I <laughs> Lavender and a dove's tears. What sauces? <laughs> uh, leaf sprinkled on top. <laughs> Everyone's laughing, but you act like you've never been to Donut Plant or any of those places in yep. New York City where they have like you know a five dollar donut, it's ridiculous. I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> these are uh, they're from a place I've been meaning to try. It's called Fat Donut, and mm. uh, they're nothing crazy. They're nothing too crazy, but it's like you know really yeasty, chewy, big donuts. I think one was like cherry, one was maple glaze, and then one had like almond shavings on it. So nothing oh. too crazy. The cherry one. Tasted like, um, do you guys know those candies that's the chocolate covered cherry with the cream on the inside? And you bite, they're like little gumdrop shapes. Oh, yeah. And you bite into them. Like you have them around the holidays, I guess. Somebody out there must know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, because I, I, yeah. They tasted like those, like chocolate <laughs> cherry. It was really good. I suggest Fat Donut to everybody in Brooklyn if you want to pay an exuberant amount for a single donut. It reminds me, I was watching episode two of Twin Peaks just the other day when Special Agent Cooper walks into the police station at the crack of dawn and everyone in the police station is just stuffing their mouth with donuts. And there's like three scenes where he interacts with people and no one speaks back to him because their mouth is just... It ends on a long shot of the main copies dealing with just swallowing the bear claw he put half of it. <laughs> you know how like Mad Men just makes you want to smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey and have sex? I feel like Twin Peaks just makes you want to drink coffee and eat pie. Like that's all it does. And oh, murder, for sure. baby. <laughs> yeah. Fight the wire evil. makes me want to do crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Anchorman 2 the other day and I forgot all about that scene. <laughs> it's like uh, Paul Rudd's character is like uh, doing an expose on crack. It's like, so what do you do? You just smoke it and they smoke it live and arrested. Like, oh, I did not know we could not do that. Wow, that, that goes right to the fillings, huh? <laughs> In a lot of ways, I like Anchorman 2 better than Anchorman 1. I, oh. It's a very funny movie. Oh, the two man, of you deserve been, some more watches. 
talking it up for such a long time. I got to throw it on sometime. Yeah, I got to watch. I've never seen it. And I love Anchorman. I just heard, I heard the two was garbage. So I never watched it. Oh, it's so funny. It's really an acquired, you know, you just got to watch it a couple times. My favorite joke in that it, it had it had me laughing for literally 25 minutes. Like I had to pause and like I couldn't come back to it was they were speculating on shows that they could new shows they could try to do. And one of them, Will, you know, it's all improv. And Will Ferrell is saying, it's like, you know what we do? We get a bunch of like wolverines and bears <laughs> and wild dogs in here. And we give them a bunch of PCP and just let them go. And we call the show Letter Rip. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd heard in my entire life. <laughs> Let her rip. <laughs> I drank half this bottle of ketchup thinking it was a bottle of 1946 Chateau Neuf de Pop. <laughs> <sighs> Sydney, are you an Anchorman fan? You know what's funny? I've seen Anchorman. I haven't seen the second movie, but I've seen Anchorman like, I, I don't know how many. How many when did that come out? I think 2000, I mean, but like 2009? Early, okay, so a little bit later. Yeah, I must have seen it. Oh man, 2009. I was pretty young. I probably saw it oh, in no, high 2013. School. Oh, okay. That's the, yeah, that's yeah. the second uh, one. Oh, Anchor, the original came out 2003, I think. I lump a or, lot of movies from that time period together in my head. Um, but no, Anchorman is a great movie, and I really love Will Ferrell. I think he is so funny. He's amazing. He's amazing. Um, but I think that. We should get back into this game so that Sydney can go off and enjoy her birthday. Let's be honest. Right. Let's, That's let's the reason. Make yeah. this a quick 35-minute app and get, uh, <laughs> get Sydney on her way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our, our gift to you, a short episode of Delta Green. No, well, uh, I, I don't know, obviously, where it's going to go. I say that every week. But, um, man, you guys came up with a wacky plan last week that was basically ba- – not basically. It was based on a random joke by Matthews, uh, <laughs> that then became the plan. You guys went to... The D-Day um, landing started off as a joke, too. Don't forget. <laughs> Did it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. One general was like, wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if we landed 200,000 troops in one day in, like, oh, Calais? At the right? same time. <laughs> at the same time, in the same yeah. day. And they all laughed, and they were like, somebody was like, you know what? Wait a minute. I bet that would be surprising. You know what? You know what, Omar Bradley? I think you might have something there. <laughs> let's just let's just hope our plan goes just as well as D Day. So. <laughs> oh well we'll see. Uh so you guys went out to uh a little farther west uh on Long Island towards New York City. Uh, to uh, attend the autopsy. Uh, you uh, arrived early, specifically, uh, ahead of schedule, but found uh, that there were already a couple people there from the CDC that were interested in this substance uh, and its possible uh, contagious nature or uh, bio-viral nature, whatever it may be. And um, they asked you a few questions about exposure and all that kind of stuff. And uh, everybody had been asymptomatic. But during the autopsy, you saw that there was not much different that you didn't already know. You guys are really kind of far ahead in terms of the investigation. And through the uh, interrogation of Thomas Dengler and an illegal search and seizure of his property at his bedroom, uh, you came away with uh, an old journal that 
pointed to uh, some notes of, a, of, a, of an explorer or adventurer uh, from the early 20th century who had done some exploring in South America and uh, had some interesting theories about some pre-Incan cultures uh, or Incan cultures. Uh, since Jordy was such an expert at this and speaks a little bit Spanish, uh, and Gavin is fluent in Spanish, you guys were able to translate a lot of this journal and, uh, gave you a lot of really interesting ideas about what is happening and what might be going on with this high school student, Thomas Dengler. You think that it's possible that he is, uh, com- communicating or, or doing something within his dreams, uh, that is, uh, having this this form, this creature, uh, lash out at people that he is angry at for one reason or another. Um, so you go to this autopsy and the physical evidence doesn't really change anything, but you do manage to see a lab report sitting on a, uh, on a counter and Gavin creates a wild distraction, hurting himself in the process, <laughs> cutting himself on a scalpel. But he makes it look real good, and it gives Magdalena the chance to snatch this lab report, stuff it into her uh, satchel or whatever, her, her side bag. And you guys split and head out to uh, head back on the road uh, back to um, Glen Ridge. And this is where Gavin has the idea. Uh, we have her phone. As far as we know, her body has not been positively identified officially, and so perhaps Thomas doesn't even know that Lauren, the girl who he had asked out a couple days before, uh, is dead. You guys illegally have her phone, and so you decide to hack into it, bounce the signal off a few towers in a way that doesn't make it easily traceable, and you text him to meet you at the marina tonight at 7 o'clock it is uh, not much after, well, it's about 4, 4 p.m.-ish, as you are headed uh, on the way back to Glen Ridge. Terrible Where plan to in tow. I Where completely to forgot about, honestly, I forgot that that's right where we left off. And as soon as Joe said, uh, it started as a joke, I was like, oh, no, no, <laughs> we made a horrible mistake. <laughs> You texted him to meet you at 7 o'clock at the marina. He responded, I'll be there. That's where we uh, left off last sesh. And this is where you start now. Driving uh, east on Long Island, headed back. I want everybody to roll uh, a D100 and tell me the number that you get. It's fair. It's a fair ask. I got the highest possible number, 24. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 39. I got a 59. I got a 50. Ooh, ominously. That could Caesar, be good or bad. Caesar got a 13. Ooh. Oh. Big spectrum. Uh, and what did you get, Matthew? 59. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I had written everyone's scores down, and I written by their first name, except for Matthew. For some reason, I just wrote Gavin. I don't know why. <laughs> he's, he's embodying the character so much. 13, <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're heading back, and that is when Gavin gets a call. 
on his uh, on his cell phone that was issued uh, by the FBI, and uh, he sees that the call is coming from uh, Quantico. Appears to be coming from uh, the number where your your handler is dealing with this case. If you remember. Um, Yesterday, you had contacted your handler, Thomas Carson, about a requisition for some equipment, a van and uh, some other supplies. Um, there was going to be a slight delay in getting some of this stuff, and uh, but you just kind of left that with him and went uh, about it on your own to use Caesar's uh, contacts and money in order to get the things you needed, a van, uh, surveillance equipment, cameras, uh, directional microphones, uh, advanced tech. Uh, now you have cameras pointed at the Dangler house. You heard a very strange uh, sound late at night uh, coming from uh, his room, which gave a little sanity damage to uh, Magdalena and Roger Cumstone. And... Um, that uh so so your phone rings gavin and it is your your handler um hello hello it's this uh westover it is who's calling it's agent carson i um i need you to look i can't talk here but i i need you to uh, drop everything you're doing. Actually, it doesn't have to be you. It can be anybody. I just need somebody, one person, to drop everything right now and uh, and come and meet me. Uh, I am. Uh, when you hear the sounds, the vague sounds of like a car, like he's in a car. He's like, uh, I'm I'm on the way already. Uh, we need to talk in person. Something's come up, and uh, I I don't. I want to keep it low profile. So uh, so just just want you to come and meet me. Uh, just north. Of, meet me off the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, off the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, I'll be there. What exit? Um, uh, exit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll get back to you. Just get on the way. Let me look something up and I'll text you. Um, somewhere, somewhere north of Philly, uh, near Trenton or something. It'll, it'll be, it'll be about halfway by, by the time I'm there. Um, I'll, I'll text you back. Uh, but uh, I, I got to run. Bye. And he hangs up. Uh, Gavin shares this very disturbing call with his cohort. Um, rock, paper, scissors to go. Good luck, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, I mean, that's weird, right? Shouldn't we all go? Why would, why would he only ask for one of us? It's he knows trap. that we're mission critical. Sorry, Jordy. It's a trap. He's trying to kill us, pick us off one by one. <laughs> okay, that's, see, that's a little, Jordy, I think you're jumping to a big conclusion. I was jumping to a smaller conclusion. Uh, that if something is wrong, maybe we all need to be there to assess the damage or, like, help out? I don't know. What do you guys or, think? Or jump him. I think you're right. We should all be there, and then we can attack him before he's able to cast a spell on us or whatever. Jordy, did you <laughs> Immediately eat? Did you start eat strangling him. Wait. I haven't, actually. That's funny you ask. Do you have any turkey, like, uh... No. <laughs> high C, maybe, a little blood sugar... Uh, I have a peanut butter cracker. Give him the cracker. All right. you? you got any smoked turkey to like put on it? Uh, no, sorry. All right. I'll eat stop. it now. You want to stop? Uh, I would stop like to. I'll eat the I'll eat the cracker now. As long as I can wash it down with some high C and turkey, I think I'll be all right. All right, we got to make a stop. We got to stop at our <laughs> first convenience store we see. Uh, everybody, guys, keep your eyes open, guys. Guys, let's be serious. Good luck, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. I mean, Gavin, you see a little 
uh, text come through on your phone. And it just says, Richard Stockton, Service Plaza. Off Turnpike. BK. The letter's BK. And we should be clear for those who are not East Coast elites living near the New York uh, uh, region that like from the end of Long Island to Manhattan is like over two hours. Um, and then to get through Manhattan into like Jersey to the turnpike, that, like that, that's a that's, solid drive. That's right near Trenton. That's not a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a ways. Not close. And Jordy can't drive. He doesn't know how. So, mm. I mean, I actually, Gavin would say like, I, I don't think we want to jeopardize this operation. We just put into, pro, into, you know, we just put into motion here. We need to, so yeah, maybe only like one or two of us should go meet our handler. Um, I feel like I, I want to go, Gavin. It's nothing on you. Um, I feel like I was the one who sent the text from the phone, so I should be there to confront, uh, Tim, Thomas, Thomas, Timothy, Thomas, Timothus. Thomas. <laughs> I have um, concerns. What time of day is it now? It is roughly four. Four in the afternoon. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow! I mean, I just Google mapped it. It is a two and a half hour drive from our from our current location to oh. Richard Stockton. Oh, that Something ain't right. That guy seemed what? too nervous when he was giving us the mission. Maybe he's Why been he, made, and now he's he going to take all the way one out of us there? out. Hmm. Something ain't right. Clearly, it's rare for them to even contact us in the middle of an assignment like this. It's got to be something crazy going on. It's just not done. Exactly, Comstone. Hey, Jordy, you should come with me. And Roger, since you're tactical, you should stay here just in case things go bad with the kid. Magdalena, you sent the text. You should stay with the kid, too. And Caesar, probably need you to be here to monitor the tech and the tech and surveillance operations. Caesar's also already wearing a, a Louis Vuitton nautical themed yacht wear <laughs> yeah. along with Dior shoes. It would, it would be a crime if ready. to change. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to have to change. You look amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. These are so, hand-me-downs for my dad. Vintage. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jordy will, he'll totally go Hopag? Hopag? The town? Hoppage? Wait, but Hoppage. did we... Oh, no, we have the two cars. So we're just going to split up then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you guys take the SUV? It's a little bit faster. We can drive this van. We're in a surveillance situation anyway. Great. So Jory and I will take the SUV and make our way down the Jersey Turnpike. Okay. So Gavin and Jordy hop in the SUV start heading west through New York City and down. Um, they leave. <sighs> Drive off. What are the rest of you doing? Um, I think that uh, if we haven't already, um, we should probably review whatever footage we gathered from the cameras that left out there and then replace them near the marina. We know that it is mm-hmm. emotional moments uh, by our working hypothesis that makes Tom turn into crazy bird monster that decapitates people and leaves them hanging 30 feet off the ground. So, um, or summon uh, said creature. 
Right. Yeah. And it's going to be very emotional when he realizes that his girlfriend is not there. Or his his, his want-to-be girlfriend. When we tell him that she's dead. What's our plan? Are we going to capture the kid? Kill him? You need the necklace. You need the necklace. You just need the necklace. Yeah. So we think Mm. the power is drawn from the necklace? Like, do we just... Are we going to have to get rid of this kid? Like, the thing is, is... Let's see. he's not super aware of what's happening and we steal the necklace from him. He's going to go home and be like, wow, those FBI agents lured me to the marina and <laughs> stole my necklace. Yeah. No. And that's going to be a black eye for us, I think. <laughs> well, that's where, that's where I think Balaclava is coming to handy. I think we have one person lure him. I don't know if that person is like has their back toward, t- turned towards them or whatever else. But we open up the back of this van, yank him in, knock him out. Yeah, straight that, jack him. That straight will, jack him. That will definitely uh, make things less obtrusive. <laughs> well, at least he won't know it's the Wait, agents that Matthew, he saw earlier. I'm not you there. are not there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, um, I don't know. I think, Grant, you, that's not a terrible idea. Like, maybe we should just not kill him, not hurt him badly, but, like, not kidnap either, but just... Knock him unconscious, get the necklace, leave him. The thing is, though, I want to question him. Like, if we're going to set up the cameras and we want to see a transformation, then we need to to tell him something emotional and see if he freaks out and see what happens. Magdalena, you seem the most comfortable talking to children this age. Uh, I don't know if you're willing to risk your own well-being being out there, but Roger and I can stay close in the van, ready to pounce if anything goes wrong as you begin interrogating. I'll have a sniper rifle aimed at his heart. Um, okay. Do we, do we have one of those? <laughs> I don't... I all right, one. here's the... <laughs> <I'm so laughs> he's piecing it together yeah. from stuff he's got on him, like the man he with the golden like gun. something that holds a pool cue, and he starts putting it together. Assembling uh, uh, a one-shot sniper rifle. Jeez. I have um, two bullets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm fine with going out there and talking to him I talked to him before in his living room I don't think he would do anything crazy I just think we need to have a backup in case he does but my plan is to talk to him we'll set up the cameras and try to see if the necklace causes him to transform, correct? Or do you want me to talk to him and just take the necklace? I think you should hide your identity. And if things go sour, grab the necklace and run. So if he sees you, then our cover's blown. And you're no good to us dead. You could be our next mission. Good thing I have two bullets. (laughs) (laughs) Only brings two bullets. He's that good of a sniper. Um, no, I think as long as uh, he is unperturbed, undisturbed, we have the upper hand. He's going to be scared of an authority figure, an adult speaking to him as long as he's a child. As long as he doesn't freak out too much, I think you can talk him into doing all sorts of things, including handing over the damn necklace. Okay, I got it. We get there early. I'm at the marina, just at the marina. I'll just walk around. And then when I see him, I'll say, oh, you know, I recognize you and I'll talk to him and blah, blah, blah. You're here at the same time as me. If he mentions waiting 
for he wouldn't mention that teenagers are so fickle um okay you know what I got this don't worry I got this I believe in you I don't (laughs) (laughs) and we cut away (laughs) to Gavin and Jordy uh now uh some time has passed a good hour hour and a half you guys have been in the car uh what are Gavin and Jordy talking about I think Jordy just broaches the subject because this hasn't come up yet. I don't think we've talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, your mother, she used to talk about you all the time. I didn't know her. I mean, I, I didn't know her that long, but I feel like I know her pretty well considering the circumstances that we work together. And then uh, definitely got the distinct impression that she was... Uh, very proud of you. Very concerned about you, your future, your well-being. So, see so if uh, I think uh, I think she'd be very proud to see it today, too. You know. Well, you probably knew her better than I did. She came back from one of her business trips. I don't know what kind of business trips an emergency room doctor had to go on, but she came back and. She was different. She was always wired and staying up all night and reading and disappearing for hours on end and then coming back and then eventually she didn't she never came back. So I didn't Don't even know if she's dead or alive right now. She's totally disappeared. Jordy kinda sighs, this wheezing sighs, like Son. You've really only gotten a taste of the kind of thing that we're asked to do in this line of work. And your mother got the worst of it. And I know that if she had a choice in the matter, she'd be here for you now. She wouldn't have left at all. And I can only hope that you're spared what she had to go through. But just just know, I, from what I could tell, she loved you very much. You were on a mission together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened? Jordy lights up a cigarette and rolls down the window. I, uh, I don't like talking about the details too much, but uh, saw some very uh, upsetting things. You got some hints of a, a world beyond. And... Uh, your mother, she, she had uh, difficulty um, kind of coming to terms with it, I think, in the moment. She did the best she could, you know, we all did. And not everybody came back from that one. Uh, maybe if uh, we get through this okay, I can tell you more about it. I mean, I don't really... I guess I really haven't admitted this to anybody, but I am. I do want to find her. Like, I want to find out what happened. I've been. When I got recruited, they told me my mother, she had been involved. And I thought maybe, maybe I can, you know, read the report, you know, find out maybe if she was on a mission. Or, I don't know. But yeah, anything you could tell me. Uh. 
I, I, I'd love to know where she is. I'd love to help you. I just wonder if it's the kind of thing where she may be she might be better off not being found. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh... Do you ever regret it? Yeah, every fucking day, every day of my life, I regret ever learning the first fucking thing about this business. Every day. But once you know, you have a responsibility, you have a choice to make. Either try to do something about it, or boom, he makes a little, like, gun to the forehead gesture. And it's like, and I... I got to make the same choice every day when I get up. You know? Sometimes I just imagine what it would be like if I had never known. If she had never known, would the world just seem completely normal? And would I just be going about my life as if we weren't under constant threat? Maybe that's irresponsible, but maybe that's better. Maybe that would be better. Of course it's better. Of course it's better. I mean, it's, it's the lucky ones. We're the unfortunate very few. And, but, you can't spend too much time dwelling on what might have been. Because this is the reality. This is what's happened to us. This is what we have to do as a result. It won't <clears throat> fade out from there. And it's getting to be like 6.30-ish. We'll go back to Glen Ridge. Uh, Any final preparations, uh, anything else happening, or are you ready to enact this plan? Which is really what I'm understanding it to be is just Magdalena's handling it. And uh, Roger and Caesar are just going to be in the van nearby. Is, Is that the plan? I, if you'll allow me to have a sniper rifle on my person, I would love to be uh, far away with, uh, like, up on a building, looking, using the scope to watch. So I think it'd be fun. And Joe, <laughs> just bear in mind, I don't think you want to be the guy who says no to Roger Comstone. <laughs> <He's smart. laughs> I got two bullets. <laughs> One might be for the handler. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. You can have a sniper rifle. Okay, so then we set up the cameras, though, right? That was what Caesar was suggesting. The cameras are at the kid's house, and it's, you Uh, know, it was daytime until like five. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to remove them at this stage. We're like an hour and a half between five and six thirty. It's all in Glenridge. Shouldn't be that far away. No, it's just like everybody's awake like people are in their houses people are driving mm. by the street people are you know what i mean like it's like it's a saturday early evening i mean you would risk being spotted if you think that you can do it then it'll be stealth roll post stealth rolls and stuff like that but i'm just trying to make you aware of the scene it's not the middle of the night is anyone like it was at, before is anyone good at stealth in our current lineup mm. the best <laughs> are you, are uh, you? What is a, a, a an objective uh, observer's view on Comstone Stealth? Is what I want to know. Well, I have a seventy stealth, but oh, yeah, I think great. what oh. Joe is saying is that it's 
kind it's not impossible yeah. but like it's broad daylight yeah sorry I'm just removing these surveillance cameras <laughs> from your property <laughs> seems like a perfect mission for comes on yeah, alright if we don't want to do that um, I, the, the, then I think it's at least reasonable I uh, um Caesar will grab like a drill or something and drill a, a hole in the side of the van to fit like his iPad camera through if that's the best he can do. Uh, and he'll duct tape it on the side until it's ready. This is going to be a total MacGyver situation. The FBI is going to be so mad at us that we <laughs> drilled a hole through their van. I rented this from Home Depot. It's Home Depot oh. that's going to be the and you're, you're not wrong to be more afraid of Home Depot than the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to duct tape it on there. He's going to duct tape it on there. He's going to keep it up, keep it rolling, and he's going to kind of ask Magdalena for help um, getting to kind of... He's going to be hanging out on the side of the van holding the parabolic mic, much like Cumstone was in the tree. It's going to be crouched around the corner of the van. Um, and if there's any bushes around that offer him better purchase than the van to hide behind, he will, he will look for that. Um, Magdalene is also going to record um, like her iPhone, you know, just voice memo recording, drop it into her pocket uh, and just have it running as soon as she goes out there. Okay. I'm just going to have the scope on Magdalena. <laughs> Watching, I look over. <laughs> Magdalena looks over her shoulder, knows exactly where Roger is, and she just goes. Stop it. A little, a little red dot appears on your forehead. <laughs> she slowly raises her middle finger towards the dot <laughs> and turns back around and walks off very so slowly. Um, are you proned so, out? By the way, are you just like laying down? On top yeah, of the building? I'm like, yeah, laying down on top of like a, a, a one-story building nearby. Totally <laughs> flat camouflage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just know that it is uh, frigid. Frigid. <laughs> because you're at the marina, you're hunkered down, you're whatever. So what are you wearing? Are you, are you, I mean, are you wearing hat, gloves, heavy Speedo winter gear? and a half <laughs> <laughs> a speedo in a winter hat. Amazing. You think this is cold? He's got to be. He's got to have freedom of movement. He's got. He doesn't want his limbs to be restrained in any way when and he's you doing lose, his thing. You lose most of the heat through your head anyway. So That's very good. true. Any good sniper will tell you that. <laughs> so Rogers on top of the building with his skin slowly sticking to the stone or the metal at the top uh, is bare skin and the freezing cold air. <laughs> um, you think this is cold? This ain't cold. I've seen the inside of a Fallujah hell house. <laughs> what, like the haunted house set up? <laughs> Why is that cold? It's just really cold. <laughs> My training, I'm a green beret. <laughs> <laughs> Say cold. I'll show you cold. Um, all right. And and w what is Magdalena wearing? Magdalena has on like her big uh, black overcoat. She's wearing her black tall combat boots. And um, she is just looking kind of at the boats, kind of doing like a meandering, seeing the sights type of thing, but keeping in her peripherals, looking for Tom as soon as he arrives. Okay. Uh, all right. So um, you guys are standing there and uh, the 
you look around at the marina and it is, you know, it's kind of like it's eerie in a way. Uh, there aren't a, a bunch of people around, it, which is a good thing for you uh, for this particular operation. Uh, and it's just kind of quiet. Uh, you hear the lapping of the water against the docks, and a lot of the boats are are shut down for the season. Uh, so some are even hauled up out of the water. Some are completely covered, um, and it's just sort of like a dead zone. No one is around there. And we see Magdalena standing, wind blowing against her, and she's sort of holding uh, this big heavy coat against the wind. Uh, and we get closer and closer to 7 o'clock. Um, you start to see a form in the distance, uh, a couple blocks away, uh, walking down. Roger turns his his rifle and zeroes in on it, and he sees a kid in a hoodie with a heavy coat on over it, and uh, head down, hands in pockets, and he's walking toward the marina. I have the kill shot. <laughs> Can he take it, Magdalena, or... Are you guys communicating yeah. with each other? Yeah, we're gonna be, we have our heads in. Um, Should I take the shot? One AirPod. <laughs> no, Roger, no. Do not take the shot. I see him as well. Do not take the shot. Be a clean shot right through his lung. Don't take the shot. I'll wait for your, I'll wait for your signal. Take your finger off the trigger. I'm walking toward him. I swear, Roger, if you fuck this up. I can puncture your lung too, you know. <laughs> take it. <laughs> me? Why would you? Why would you? Why would you point the gun at me? Why, why, why would you even point? I just want you to know I'm so fucking good. I could puncture both your lungs with one bullet. I still have one left that I leave on your tombstone. This is a threat. I, just I, want you to my, know I don't know best. what you're saying. I ripped my earbud out. I don't know what you're saying. I put it in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, so you're hearing Roger like through the earbud. I'll put the bullet on your tombstone. And then it gets cut off as she pulls the earbud out of her ear. And you are only a few feet uh, from, from Thomas. Um, and uh, he's walking up. And uh, he just I tries think- to walk around you. Okay. I think Magdalena uh, turns as he kind of is near enough. Uh, and does the uh, the old oh oh Tom Tom oh uh hey what are you what are you doing here um I was just walking around the marina it's Agent Wolfen at Magdalena we 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 were just talking uh, in your room in your living room the other day y- yeah mm-hmm is there something going on down here and he looks past you to the left past you oh. to the right. No, 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 no. I was just out seeing the sights. We were catching some dinner, um, and I wanted to see the marina before it got too cold, but it's freezing out. What are you doing out here? Uh, I'm just meeting, I'm just meeting somebody. Friend. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night. And Tom, he puts his head down and starts to walk past. Tom, before you, uh, and Magdalena tries to, to, touch him near his neck a little bit like near his shoulder but closer to his neck to see if I feel for any like necklace as I kind of like tap to the side as he walks past her do I feel for any necklace uh go ahead and roll a search okay (laughs) 
Uh, remember, I mean, these you know, it's winter. They're wearing yeah, he's clothes. got on a coat, but yeah. Oh, mm, mm, mm. that's a twenty-nine under forty. Mm. Um, no, you don't. You don't feel anything, uh, but you feel like you see uh, as he's walking past where the uh, this his purple hoodie kind of meets just below his neck. Uh, you feel like you might catch in the corner of your eye a little glimpse of maybe like a leather strap. Uh, so it looks like he might be wearing a necklace, yeah. Um, and as I do that, I turn. Uh, Tom, wait, I, I did actually, I'm, I'm glad I saw you. I, I had a question that I completely blanked on yesterday. Uh, do, you, do you mind if I just ask you real quick? I know you said you're meeting someone. And he just stares at you. And we cut to the Jersey Turnpike. And we see a car from outside. We see their vehicle pulling up this SUV to a big blue sign. It says Richard Stockton Service Area. Their headlights reflecting off of the giant sign. And Jordy and Gavin pull off and into this... uh, this service plaza. It's a rather large place. There's cars everywhere. There's a big Sunoco to fill up. Uh, and then there's a, a plaza that has an indoor food court, uh, you know, tons of places. Um, you guys pull in there and we still see the car pull in and park. What do you do? We, uh, I feel like I want to stay in the car and let him make the, let the, our handler make the first move. Okay. We look around, see anything suspicious. I case the joint to see if there are any snipers on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see any snipers on the roof. (laughs) The telltale glimpse of naked skin. Yeah. (laughs) Indicate a highly skilled sniper. Yeah. (laughs) Winter's hat. No, you don't see any snipers. You're looking around. Uh, Go ahead and give me an alertness roll. All right, I will. Uh, 58 over 40. 84 over 40. You don't see any signs of danger. Just looks like a regular busy early evening at the uh, the service plaza. Uh, And as you're looking around, you do see... You can see through some of the big outside windows, and you can see a bunch of people inside and a bunch of tables. And um, one sign that you see rather large hanging on the outside, sort of predominant, is Burger King. And oh, he did say BK. You think, oh, BK mm-hmm. on the text, he said Burger King. He was saying Burger King. Jordy, are you armed? Uh, no. Uh, are you? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Jordan, this is a pretty poorly planned operation. <laughs> we, don't have, we weren't issued any weapons, right? We did not mm-hmm. think this no, through. No, you're just consultants. All right. Uh, I mean, it's as good a time to go as any, I guess. Right. Plus, I could really go for a Whopper. I haven't had a Whopper in a long time. We stopped for the turkey. It was delicious. I know, but sometimes you just got to wash down the high C and the turkey with a big deluxe Whopper. All right, let's get in there and get you your Whopper. Thank you. So yeah, we go into Burger King. We, uh, without making too much of a fuss, we get online. We order Jordy a Whopper. <laughs> Do you have meal. any tur- plain turkey back there? <laughs> you, got any, you got any soup? 
all right. So you guys uh, get some uh, Burger King, and in short order, you notice Carson sitting at a table uh, near one of the windows. He is much different than you saw him before in that he's not, you know, wearing a suit and, uh, you know, in an office, uh, he's in a, you know, regular kind of winter coat and you see, he's got a hat, uh, a ball cap sort of pulled down over his eyes. Uh, and he, he's looking right at you and just nods like over this way. Head over there. Take our tray, our trays head over. You walk your two, you two walk your trays over. You set them down. You look across, and he's just like looking around, looking past you, looking at different people in line. You sit down, and he settles in onto your eyes, and just says, "All right, so what's going on up there? What's uh, what's the story with the gray matter? Why are we meeting like this? What's this is?" Because we can't talk over the phone. I told you this. We can't talk over the phone, and then there's something important I got to tell you, but I need to know what you found so far. Can I roll a human intelligence just to make sure, like, everything's on the up and up? Like, I know he's our handler, but at the same time, this is an unusual request. Yeah. Well, Uh, what's your human intelligence? Uh, I have a 60. A 60? I have a 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, there is nothing about it that's not on the quote-unquote up and up. You know what I mean? Like, you are on a Delta Green operation. Nothing's really on the up and up. Everything about it is not. Uh, and he said at the beginning that he you could not communicate about anything unnatural over the phone right. because it was all recorded and whatever. So he said, talk in person about anything that needs to be off the record. Uh, so you get the sense that he's just trying to he needs to tell you something and he wants an update from you, but he's not going to risk doing it over the phone. Got it. Um, okay. So we tell him about, uh, what we found, uh, our theory involving, uh, Thomas. And I say there's an operation, you know, there's an operation in progress. Texas watch as we speak to see if we can retrieve the, uh, the item in question. And if necessary, bring in, kid for you know, questioning and examination uh, does the kid know does the kid know that he's dealing with something unnatural here no our theory think, is no no he does have an idea I think where it came from but I don't think he has any clue of what uh, what he's, he's a kind of uh, nexus point for this thing we, we have no idea I mean we also have no idea how he obtained the items that's so. a good point that's a good point. We're hoping though we're hoping our the others will find that out soon enough. Okay. Well, uh okay, this is good. This is good. You might be you might be one step ahead of the game. Um we got a problem. Somebody else knows about this. I, I don't really know who for sure, but it's it's high up. And it's they they um Let's just say that uh, we're not the only ones looking for this thing, and uh, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what what they might do. What do you and we'll mean? cut back. 
to Glen Ridge. Tom Dangler is standing, looking straight across at Magdalena in this hoodie. She asks who he's here to meet, and he just says, Uh, just a friend of mine from school. Is that all right? Yeah, of course it's all right, Tom. Um, I don't mean to catch you in the middle of something. I just had thought of um, something that I wanted to ask you. I know that you are mainly focused in mathematics in school, right? Right. Um, I meant to ask you about your history class, though. Were you in AP history? Mm-hmm. Um, this might sound weird. Were you studying um, South America at all? Yeah. I told you. I forgot to write it down. Could you just remind me of what you said? I, I said that I was reading The Last Days of the Incas, and, uh, and he looks around. He looks down toward the boats, toward the docks. So if he's, like, looking for somebody, and then looks back to you. It's the last days of the Incas. Uh, it's just the just Incas. a book about the Spanish conquests of South America. It's a very interesting book. Yeah, I, I are, is that your major? Are you are you focused in in South American studies or Spanish? Uh, I'm in high school. I don't. I mean, really have what, a major. What you, what you want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you want to study is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I definitely want to want to study it. Um, I, I want to be an archaeologist. Uh, so you know, I'm. I'm trying to start starting to learn about that kind of stuff. That's it was what my grandfather did, and it's what you know I'd like to get into. You've never uh, been to South America, oh. though. No, I've never been to South America. No. Oh, you gotta go! It's it's awesome. I, can I just recommend Sao Paulo, Brazil, is like the spot to be if you can go for spring break. I don't know what you you guys do here. It's a smaller town, but um, it's super cool if you can get a group of friends. Anyway, I'm. That's that's nonsense. Um, sorry, you said you were meeting someone here. Who are you, who are you meeting? Uh, just just a friend of mine. Um, can I go? Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry, I didn't mean to hold you up. Hey, if you um, need... Oh, sorry. One more thing. I noticed the other day, you had this, like, necklace on or something. It was, like, braided or... Um, it was, like, uh, leather or, like, a fabric or something. It looked so cool and it looks just like this one that my friend has from Peru and I was wondering if where you got it because I wouldn't know where to get it aside from like going to Peru or something which is crazy really you you have someone that a necklace from Peru like this and he like reaches down into <sighs> his hoodie and he pulls out. Roger this takes a shot. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> against the side of fucking, of fucking Barnacle Bill's restaurant and tavern. Brains, blood, guts all over the walls. Hyperventilating. <laughs> what do you do? Splatter all over a coat. Oh my god. You just see chunks. You see chunks on Magdalena's face. She's Shaking in shock. Oh, Roll a sanity check. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the way you're acting out, it really looked like he was pulling breach for a gun. I know what the fuck is You mean this one right here? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Where was he keeping the gun? Just his chest? What a weird place to pull it out from. He's uh, a kid. He doesn't know. <laughs> no, Roger's going to really look like he's he, he's got his head, the trigger halfway pulled back when he sees the kid mm. reaching. It's like, is that a gun? He's going for a gun? I've seen this uh, so yeah, he reaches into his uh, neckline and he pulls out this medallion, essentially on the end of this little leather necklace. And you see that it uh, it's you know about an inch in diameter. Um, I'm sorry, uh, like an inch and a half, two inches in diameter, uh, and it looks to be old and like. So he pulls it out, and you see uh, from your looking at the, pardon me, at the journal that this is very, very close to the representation of the sketch of the Amulet of the Moon uh, that was talked about in Derek Wheeler's journal. He pulls it out and he's like, you know someone who has has one like this one? Because my my grandfather was looking for another one. Uh, It was was sort of a a, a counterpart to it and and he's holding it out to show it to you. And as he's saying it, Magdalena changes her expression. She goes, yeah, the the sun... Is the counterpart, and she looks very concerned at Tom. She's totally changing her approach now, and she says, "Tom, you shouldn't wear that." And we cut to the Richard Stockton Service Plaza, <laughs> sitting across the table, are from Jordy and Gavin, is Agent Carson, and he says, "Look, somebody. I don't know how they got the information, but somebody got it." And whatever you're talking about that did this, maybe it's the kid, uh, maybe it's the, uh, the, the, the amulet, whatever it is, they want it. And they want it, they don't, they want it for, I don't know, to study it or something. And, and I, well, what, you, what do you think about that? Who, who, what, you said high up. What are you talking about? Fucking government, high up. They want it. They want to. They want to study it for something. Uh, I don't know. They just. They don't think about things the way that we do. And he's Are like they- getting like agitated and looking around actively. Right. And you can your human and tells you he's a little bit paranoid and he's very uncomfortable with what's happening. All right, right, right. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Easy. Take it easy. Can I really secretly just pull out my phone and shoot a text to Caesar? It's to be like, other parties involved, you know, be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Op, op could be under threat. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, now, are you using the phone that the FBI gave you? Hmm. Or your own personal phone? I'll use my, uh, I'll use the phone the FBI gave me. I will, I'll be like, I won't, I won't reveal any details. I'll just say other parties involved, you know, be on the lookout, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and, and so, so he's going on, what are you doing? What are you doing there? I'm checking. For, I'm getting a status update from, from the other half of our team. All right. All right. Look, I just need to know this thing, whatever it is, you saw what it did. You saw what it's capable of. What do you want to do? You tell me. You want to you want to take this thing out or do you want to capture it? Do you want to keep it? I personally asking me, I want this thing destroyed. If there's a conduit, any conduit from that world into this one, we got to get rid of it. 
Isaac. And you. Turns to Gavin. I agree. I mean, it's... It's been... It's capable of ripping ripping human skulls and spines out of their bodies and dropping them from hundreds of feet in the air. It's not, it doesn't sound like something we can control. Gavin's yes. phone vibrates right in that moment, and he gets a text back that says, The amulet is out. We're close. I, uh, I, I read that. I check the text message and say, and I just say, They've made contact. They made contact with the Kid. boy. The boy. All right, well, look, they're probably not going to have a lot of time. So let me just say this. I'm glad that we're all on the same page here, all right? I'm glad that, that, you, that you agree that this thing needs to be destroyed, but you have to understand something. Wh- whoever wants this thing and whatever they want it for, science, profit, military m- power, whatever it is, it, it's not worth it. It isn't worth it. And they don't understand that. And they're going to try to get it. And, and you have to understand that, that they're... You really can't... You, you can't fight them. You're not going to be able to. They're 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 too big. They're they're too strong. And and so you got to find a way to uh, play nice and make sure that they can't get what they want. But uh, I'm just telling you now, uh, a stand up fight it it, it it it's not going to work. What are you say? What are you saying? We're going to face? Are they going to come at us? They're going to try to kill us? I don't think they will if, if, if you don't try to kill them. I'm just saying, just try to. That's all I can say. Just just try to try to play nice because this is the program. And when the program gets involved, you never know how high up it goes. And from what I hear, they're getting pushed around a little by someone that doesn't hold our values the values that we well you know and he points to Jordy you get it yeah I get it look is there anybody right now that we trust that is on our side with this thing or is is this thing go so deep and so high up that uh, there's nobody we can turn to at this point you can't you can't trust anybody I mean you never really could right but now, more than ever, uh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little information here. He reaches into a, it reaches into a back. I went to actually reach into a backpack and came off mic. Uh, he reaches into uh, a little backpack. Roger takes and- a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Roger's also in the parking lot. That's why I have two bullets. Good. <laughs> he reaches into uh, his his little backpack and he pulls out uh, a piece of paper and handwritten on the piece of paper are uh, GPS coordinates. And that's all it is. It's just GPS coordinates and a key. He passes it across to you and he's like, this is uh, this is an old green box up there uh, up on Long Island that uh, I don't. I don't know what's in it, but it, it, it might be helpful to you. You might be able to find some supplies or, or something you could use. Uh, it, it's, it's the best I can do. At this point, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if my office is bugged. I don't know how they found out, so I don't, I don't want to communicate too much. I'll reach back out again if we need to talk. But for now, this might be the last you hear from me. You're going to have to take this job on your own. You're going to have to decide how to, how to handle it. And if the program comes to you and they reveal themselves, then just take my word for it. Don't try to fight them, but just try to, just try to stop them from getting what they want. I, I got to go. When he says the program, do we understand that to mean Delta Green or do we understand that to mean something else? Uh, you don't, I, maybe you don't know. Hmm. What's, what program are you talking about? I'm talking about the program. You know, us, but, but not us. The, the government, the hacks. The ones that, that that don't do it the way you're supposed to. The old way. Oh, see, he's talking about the other guys. Yeah, that's right. The unsanctioned guys. Is that what you're talking about? No, no. You're talking about the sanctioned guys? I'm talking about the sanctioned guys, but the ones oh, who shouldn't be. I'm talking about the ones that are... That lost their way. That don't understand the, the real mission. We're not here to, 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 to capture and to study. We're not here to increase the military might of the United States. We are here to stop this kind of thing from ever being seen, from ever being discovered. Cut it off completely. That's what I need you to do. I, I, I have to go. And he right. just stands up and, and walks away. I um I text Caesar. Uh, very coded, but when I just I basically tell him when the operation is complete, don't go back to the hotel. Find some place, find a safe house to lie low, and we'll make contact. Okay, uh, we, and then we get back. in the car and speed back. Okay, so you guys, you split ways from Carson, get in your car, and start to head north. Uh, now it's like. 7.15-ish. Uh, very little time has passed, and now you're back on the road, back heading north on uh, on the NJ Turnpike, back to get to Long Island. Um, and we go back to him holding out the amulet, and Magdalene is saying, the, the sun? Uh, the... And he says, yes. Yeah, the sun. That's... Wait, you know someone who who, who has the amulet? How did they get it? It's... It's still in Peru. Tom, you can't wear that. And I can't explain why, but I think you might know. And if you do know, you need to take it off. What are you talking about? No, I don't know. It's mine. I'm not taking it off. I understand. It came from your grandfather, right? Right. Why did you put it on? Because it's cool. It's, it's his work. It's, it's his greatest work. Great. Could you take it off for me? Why? Mm, this is so hard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> take the shot. Roger, <laughs> don't take the shot. He shoots, he shoots Magdalena. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You can shoot Magdalena. Um, no. Caesar, um, get in there. 
<laughs> hey, how you doing? So what's up? What's up with that? Just kicks her body to the side. <laughs> Tom. Right so anyway, uh, guys, kicks guys, be a dude's thumb. Magdalena says, just floating there with her head above the water, just as she slowly sinks. <laughs> 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 Um, Magdalene is is trying to be intimidating in the way that adults are when like they're just putting their foot down like she's like I don't have to give you a reason but you need to listen to me Mm -hmm. so she again says Tom I'm asking you to take it off I don't want to make you take it off I, I don't understand. Why Why do I have to take it off? You're not giving me any reason. If I give you a reason, will you take it off? If it's a good one. <laughs> if you don't if, take... If you're looking for the other half of it, then no. The answer is no. You can't have it. What about this? Okay. I understand. This is important to you. It's from your grandfather. What if I get the information that you are looking for, for whatever you're studying, for the other half? I can talk to my friend Jorge. I have him in my phone. I pull up my phone, uh, and I go to literally my friend Jorge, who works at Hitachi with me, uh, and I just pull up his contact, and I'm like, see, I talk to him all the time. He's a work friend. And I'll get you the info if you take off the necklace now. I, I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying that uh, some friend of yours has this necklace that's... God damn it, Tom. I am an adult. I am asking you to do something, and if you don't do it, I will make you do it. Do you want me to call your mom? Do you want me to tell her that you're out here at the marina in the cold? What are you doing out here? Why are you out here? Who are you actually meeting? Shoves the necklace back in. Fuck you. (laughs) And he turns around and storms away towards the docks and he's looking to the left and he's looking to the right and he's just totally freaked out and like super angry and confused and weirded out. He's looking both ways. Fuck. Fuck. I put my earbud back in. Fuck. Roger, don't take the shot, but fuck. I fucked it up. It's, um, fuck. I walk back to the van. <laughs> you walk back to the van and uh Roger eases off of the uh of the scope. It's just sort of uh not taking the shot at the moment. Well actually I'm not gonna tell you you're doing that. You tell me yeah, what I, are you doing, Roger? Roger goes like this. Damn it. Time for plan B. <laughs> and he pulls a ski mask over his head. <laughs> hops off the building sprints at full speed towards the kid to tackle him and take the necklace. (laughs) As soon as Caesar hears plan B, he puts the parabolic mic away, turns on the ignition to the van, and you hear tires screech in time after Cumstone as the front wheels of the van mount the curb, and he pulls on the the brake and shifts it in park. There's no handbrake in the van. But it spins 180 right as that happens, and he kicks the doors open right as Cumstone gets up to the kid. Oh, just fucking like a, like a lineman taking out a quarterback. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh my god. This is Holy nuts. Shit. This is nuts. Magdalena watches unemotional. She's just like, yep, plan B. <laughs> the van comes screeching out, comes to him. Where does he put the fucking sniper rifle? There has to be some degree of reality we'll to what's later. happening. He throws it to Magdalena. He throws it to Magdalena. He tosses it to Magdalena. <laughs> it knocks her to the ground. <laughs> Part of plan B is for her to retrieve the sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> this is pulls the car around. Could you a flashback? Uh, <laughs> Magdalena's sprinting in platform combat boots up the steps of this building. Up a fire escape. Oh, Oh my god! So he tried to shimmy up a drain pipe, trying to get on the roof so she could get this rifle. All right, so do, 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 do. you close the distance and launch yourself at this kid. I'm I'm not going to make you roll because he's a like 150 pound teenager. Uh, and is that what you do? You just plow into him like somewhat near the screeching van? Yeah, is this like what's L- happening? Lawrence Taylor hitting Joe Theismann. Oh my god! Oh. Comes apart from his body. <laughs> Comstone stands up, points to the sideline, waves, waves, waves <laughs> the, the trailer, hops in the van. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so he head spears this kid. <gasps> oh, what the bomb hits the ground? What happens next? Grabs the necklace and rips it off his neck. Uh, okay, um, go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, unarmed combat? Yeah, unarmed combat. I'll roll his unarmed combat uh, in defense. <laughs> science key in unarmed combat. Oh, no. okay, so this is an opposed roll. Wouldn't it be embarrassing uh, if this doesn't work out for Comstone? This would be humiliating. It would be really shocking. Bad. I will tell you this. It could happen. He would pretty Easily. much have to roll. Comstone would have to fail. Or roll uh, single digits. So here we go. I, I don't know how a post rolls work. Oh, jeepers! I just made it with a seventy-five. Oh, seventy-five oh. under eighty. <laughs> That is that is good. Uh, here's my understanding of opposed rolls. It is you both roll, and if you both succeed, the higher number wins. So oh. if he had. A 70 in unarmed combat, and I actually rolled a 63. So I rolled a 63. That's a success. You rolled a 75. That's a success. You win. Okay. Wow, but that was close. Yeah. Was no, 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 no. Close. He doesn't have no. 70. He has Uh-oh. a 10 in unarmed yeah. combat. <laughs> so like, maybe, we re- um, maybe we should reevaluate who the real threat is. <laughs> so, so, so here's what I was saying. So basically, the, it, it works like this. If I roll a 9, I just literally just threw the dice and I rolled a 1, which is actually not that great. So if I roll a 9 and Roger happens to roll a 3, that's a success. And mine is a success, but I actually win that. Right. So it's right. not like who has the lower number. It's who has the higher number after they're compared. And you create create the fiction like Roger goes to do it and the guy just knees him in the nuts or something. Yeah, he gets yeah. a lucky shot. He squirms yeah. out of the way. You know what or I mean? he trips on the curb and uh, on his way to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different things that could happen. But in this case, I mean, you just reach. You've seen with your sniper rifle zoomed in exactly where it is. And you, so you just reach in, you grab and you rip uh, it off. I say something in Arabic to him, and then I jump in the van. Do you speak Arabic? No, but I picked some stuff up when I was over there. 
And so it just it just sounds frightening. Re- restaurant Arabic? Restaurant Arabic. Yeah, yes. where's the, you just say, where's the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? Imagine how terrifying that is. And then jump But imagine how terrifying that would be. Like, this guy came out of nowhere, speared him, ripped his necklace off, said something in Arabic, and then jumped in a van and took off. It's basically the Delta Green version of what's the frequency, Kenny? Confuse him if nothing else. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah, so you, it sounds you like I'm ripping this thing a curse to him or something. Okay. So uh, Caesar, are you doing Magdalena? What are you doing? You are not in the van at this point. No, I am sprinting back with the sniper rifle, which I did retrieve. I retrieved it in time. I knew the plan. Yeah. Plan B. But I look. I'm like hoofing it. I have it tight against my body, and I'm doing like the military shoulder run. Um, and I am just sprinting towards the van to get back into the van. Would okay. we want to have set up a rendezvous point for you so he doesn't connect you to us? Absolutely. I'm in the par- <laughs> I'm like in the parking lot on the other side of the building, and we retcon all of that. <laughs> we just I hop in the van, shouting Arabic the whole way, and then we go and pick up Magdalena down the street with a with a sniper rifle. <laughs> Uh, all right, so here comes the luck roll. This is the, uh, is there a bystander nearby uh, oh, no. that, that is seeing this? Uh, 51 or over, and there is. Oh, we no. also haven't dealt with the dealt with the reality that Cumstone is uh, completely <laughs> naked, but for a, right, a winter mask hat. And a ski mask. Yeah, <laughs> ski mask. I, mean, I think what he's going for is, like, to stand out the most that you can. It's almost like the opposite of camouflage, where you wear, like, pink glitter camo, where people are like I can't believe what I'm seeing. I don't even process what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> Caesar, you screech this van around and as you do your headlights come up and you can see about a hundred feet away jogging towards you no. is what looks like a young woman oh, with no. uh, yeah. like a, a skull cap on and uh, you know looks like a headphones wrap around headphones on and just like <sighs> Yeah, and you can and see her breath as she's jogging, and she's jogging along the docks toward you. And she sees a man in an immaculate suit, but also with a ratty balaclava over his face. But what Caesar's worried about now is this: is identified- no, no, sorry, sorry. Let me re-explain. You're driving the van, uh-huh. and you're seeing her a hundred feet away. There's no way she sees you. She just oh, there's sees no way headlights. She sees us. Okay. Well, she sees headlights pointed right at her, and but she's just jogging. Okay. Uh, it doesn't look like she has seen or heard anything that's actually happening yet, but she's running right towards you. Then Caesar is going to try to like make the fastest like three point turn ever to go in the other direction, so she doesn't see the van or the license plate. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a drive check or anything like that. Yeah, sure is, dude. All sure. right, so <laughs> both of you are now in the van. You just yeah. left him outside the van. You screamed in Arabic, jumped in the van, closed the door. Right. My thought of screaming in Arabic to him is like, we know that he has uh, this interest in these uh, other cultures. I wanted something that was so completely foreign that it would make him think it was somehow connected. And so I wanted it to sound like I was putting a curse on him just to make it as separate from his his uh, his instance with Magdalena. You know what I mean? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a shot in the dark, but that was what my thinking was. Okay. And okay, Caesar yeah. drive check. Here it comes. That is a 21 under 40. Oh. <laughs> Not the best drive. K turn up to the dock. Do you see the edge of the van just goes out over the water for like a split second? And then he wrenches it back and around. And uh, and you guys just peel out? Um, 
probably try to drive actually like kind of if he's knocked out do you feel like you knocked him out caesar yells no he is not knocked out maybe he didn't knock him out uh peel out until the next intersection and then at a stoplight like we we take three turns and then it's back to normal driving all right it eases down for a second (sighs) you're in the van what do you do um caesar is going to make a phone call to the police gonna stop the van in like a ditch and he's going to say someone just stole my van some guy in a mask i don't know what happened and then he turns after he hangs up the phone help me help me my name and he gives his full name where he is uh and then his name caesar Mm -hmm. but because he because the van is rented under his name oh yeah yeah, he doesn't want anyone to case it and he's gonna leave it there he's gonna wipe down the steering wheel he's gonna say well he's not gonna wipe down the steering wheel because it would make sense that his fingerprints are there and he's just gonna say come stone we've got to We've got to exit now. We've got to find Magdalena elsewhere. Group up with the rest of the guys in the SUV. Wait a minute. Magdalena's not in the van? No, we're picking her up at the rendezvous I'm at the. I'm, I'm, like, not far away. I'm at the building that Roger yeah. was at. So I'm th- talking about ditching it now and just finding our way on foot or something to meet up with the guys elsewhere. We can talk to them on the phone after we get rid of the van. It's a hot van. I'm trying to get rid of the hot van. I understand. So you just pull it in town somewhere nearby and ditch it. Yeah. Just okay. like into like a, a the like glades or something where like big reeds are still growing in the winter time, so it's like can't be found easily for a while unless someone were to look for it. And he grabs the iPad off the side that he taped on to to get all the video footage. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's <laughs> not in the it's, iPad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not in like in town. It's like it's not on some dark street. It is you told it took it off road into some shit. Yeah, I'd like to think nearby, like a marina or a harbor. There's usually a little bit more like. Uh, non-developed land yeah, and marshes, marshes though it's yeah. swampy land so you get out and it's like we'll know. take the hubcaps off <laughs> what? Throw we'll slash the, the ti- we slash the tires slash the tires <laughs> remove that the nude man stole my van I, I think he wanted the hubcaps we steal the hubcaps <laughs> and all the copper filling in the all wires the copper wiring <laughs> Oh my god. We took at least three hours to do this, by the way. And he drilled a hole in the side of the van. I don't know what that was for at all. Magdalena has thrown the gun in a dumpster and is at a coffee shop. She's like, what the fuck is taking them so long? And she just gave up and went to a crepe, a crepe room. And I I need to reiterate, I'm not scared at all because uh, American Express's customer service is incredible at the black card level. This will disappear overnight. We're good. <laughs> Magdalena breaks the gun up like De Niro in Godfather 2 and just yeah. walks along buildings and puts pieces of it in. Yeah, I turned it back into a... What did you say it was? A pool stick? I turned it back into a, a pool, pool stick. stick <laughs> and just walk into a, a nightclub. A billiard... Yeah, I'm in a billiard. I'm just like Who's playing pool. Who's ready to play eight ball? <laughs> She's really good at pool. What actually happens? <laughs> Can you just... Can you police yourselves and just tell me what happened? You pulled off the van. I'm going to let Grant you, you figure the this police. one out. Okay. I do like stealing the hubcap idea, though. I, I <laughs> leave the copper wire. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. Uh, but it's left there. Um, he might, like, drive it into, like, a corner of a ditch so it looks like it got wrecked that way or something. So it could lead to, like, the, the MO that, like, the, the perps were drugged up when they took it and didn't know what they were doing. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like disheveled like one wheels down in a ditch the the front right is in a ditch the back left is in the air a little bit uh and then they just leave it rub some bodily fluids on the hole so they think this was some weird sex van 
Don't rub your bodily... Magdalene's on the phone. Don't rub your bodily fluid. Caesar, <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> you want to be right, a so Delta do you guys, Green, don't do you? Do we meet up? I I'm was assuming born we... ready. <laughs> so Caesar masturbates on the van. Uh, yeah. I grab the hubcaps and we walk off. <laughs> This is a dream team. <laughs> Let's do what it takes. We meet Magdalene at a diner, and it's just like nothing happened. <laughs> I call Gavin. Magdalene calls Gavin. She's like, something went wrong. Something went horribly wrong. Gavin says, is Cumstone dead? <laughs> no, it's worse. He's still alive. It's far worse. It's far worse. He's He's never been better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm crying. Oh my god. Okay. Holy shit. Okay, talk to me, Grant. Come on. Yeah, can you pick my up? up? Yeah, tell it. We 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 exit the vehicle. Several hubcaps in hand. Several ounces lighter from what happened. And um, (laughs) (laughs) no, it doesn't happen. To be clear. And uh, we go to meet Magdalena at our uh, access point. We get in touch with Gavin and ask how long is the ETA until you guys are back in town, which is probably several hours still or an hour and a half at this point. Um, What is the rendezvous point? It's just the parking lot nearby the marina. I think there's uh, either a restaurant or a a public school that's currently not in session because it's the weekend and uh, we can meet there kind of inconspicuously. Um, And then I think we head to... uh, Either on foot because the town is small enough to the hotel, or to a local coffee shop. No, don't go to the. Remember, Gavin, since you're oh, like, don't go, don't go back yeah. to the hotel. Find a safe house, let's, lay low. Yeah, let's go to a diner. I feel like the diner is the classic place. Mm-hmm. We just get a cup of coffee and we can all sit and wait it out. Wait for a call from from Gavin. Where people have, who have committed crimes with no alibi can head to for the short few hours they have left of freedom to enjoy a yes. cup of coffee and some exactly. bacon. Perfect. Exactly. Just with their box that has a pool cue in it, nothing else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and four hubcaps. <laughs> a disassembled pool cue and four hubcaps. Uh, yeah, so we head to the diner, the nearest diner, if there's one we can wait within walking distance. Okay. You head to a diner and uh, settle in, and uh, you're just waiting. And what are you doing with the amulet? Well, I assume I would give it to Caesar and... Roger and we would look at uh, do we have the journal with us well Roger has it yeah I have it you do okay so I would assume maybe we cross compare uh, and I say this looks just like the drawing am I wrong no you're not wrong what did the kid say did he know anything about the other amulet yeah he knows about the other amulet he's researched this it was his grandfather's work Uh, he doesn't know where the other amulet is he says it's still in Peru whoa 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 his grandfather so, uh, how does this, that work? This is, is an just heirloom? trying to get into the family business of summoning demons? He wants to be an archaeologist, and I don't think he knows what this does. He didn't have any reaction when I said, I think you know, you know, take it off, it's dangerous. I think he just thinks it's cool. He just thinks huh. it looks cool. Sounds like Grandpa knew, though. Sounds yeah. like Grandpa knew exactly what it did. 
I know exactly what it's like to follow follow in your father's footsteps and be a total disappointment. I identify with this child 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I think all of the research materials, though, have to be with Jordy uh, and Gavin because they were the experts speaking Spanish and, and yeah. with Jordy's archaeology. So um, we, we passed the time, man. I mean, we got to get back together, see what we can do with this. Straight I mean, coffee. Uh, and Caesar floats the idea... Is it worth destroying it before before they even see it, or, or should they study it? The, the, we're in Delta Green. We got to get rid of this stuff. What Magdalena he's talking too loud, and he stops himself. <laughs> what Magdalena does do is the classic um, young adult thing of going on Reddit and every forum she can find on the internet and seeing if there's anyone who has posted any pictures of stuff that looks like this, who's talked about weird occult thing you know she's on like the occult forums of people who are like if you drink the water from the youth fountain you know you'll live forever um and she's just trying to see if anyone else out there has word on on this now that she has a better understanding of it as a whole of like the sun and the moon and, and the entire thing um okay uh so you go into researching that um at that time uh, Gavin, you get a call. Uh, you're now uh, coming through New York City and you're about to get into Long Island. Uh, you're pretty close. I mean, you're in Long Island, but you're in like Queens, and you get a uh, you get a call, and you see that it is from the Glenridge Police Department. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Hello, Gavin. Yeah, uh, Detective Gregson. Yeah, it's Detective Gregson. Where is your team? Uh, right now, we had to we had a the, we got called for a meeting in New York City, so we had to step away. But we're on our way back. We're on the, you know, I'm on the BQE right now. Uh, should be there in an hour or so. Your whole Good. team, your entire team, was out of town. Yeah, we're all together. I've got a kid in the station here saying that he was speaking with one of the FBI investigators, Tommy Dangler, and uh, he was just jumped. Jumped. Yeah, he was jumped down by the marina, and he said that, uh, and you hear her flipping through a paper, um, Magdalena, uh, Agent Magdalena, she's not an agent, Magdalena, uh, Magdalena. he says that he was speaking with her moments before he was jumped, and I I just want to see if you know anything about what happened, or if there's, uh, if if we could speak with Magdalena to see if she saw anyone around there, or or what was going on. Kids, hi. I mean... We all, Magdalena and I and the rest of the team spoke to to Thomas Dengler two days ago. I mean, yeah, we all had a conversation with him. We, we, he was uh, he was outside school, so we stopped by to talk to him and his mother and get some background on uh, Lauren and her uh, and, you know, her social life at school to see if there was anybody involved. He's saying in that. he was speaking with Magdalena an hour an hour ago, maybe. I mean, just today down by the marina. Was she out of town? Yeah, she's been with us the whole time. I don't see how that's possible. Is he okay? She's, so she's with you hurt? now. Can I speak with her? Uh, right now, she's... Um, hang on one second. And then I hang up. That's how you dealt with green! Okay, back to Magdalena. She's doing this uh, research. And uh, you... Uh, one of the first things you find that uh, is not <laughs> difficult uh, at all um, is, you know, not in sort of any, in any deep, dark occult forums or anything like that. You see uh, broadcast clear as day 
the uh, the amulet of the sun, the Incan amulet of the sun, uh, and the missing amulet of the moon. Uh, the amulet of the sun uh, is on display in the Museo de Cusco in uh, in Peru. Uh, you can see a picture of it online. It matches exactly what you see in the book. It is it, it's just on display, and uh, and it says that you know you, you know you read about the history of it, and it says that it was you know recovered. Uh, by somebody, some you know, some name uh, in uh, 1996, and that it was uh, donated to the uh, Ministry of uh, Culture in Peru in 2013, something like that. And uh, you know, you're just sort of piecing together that like this amulet of the sun is out there; it exists, and it's just in this museum. Um, as for the uh, the moon end of things, what you read about it is that it was it was never found. So this, okay, so Magdalena piecing things together, telling Caesar and Roger, like, okay, so Dangler Sr., uh, Sr., Sr. Derek Wheeler. Derek Wheeler. If we, if that, you think that is? I guess it could be. Yeah, Yeah. maternal lineup, probably. Oh, yeah, true. Or like it's split from his dad's grandpa to the maternal line there. True. Or or it could be a pen. Anyway, um, so... We rearrange the letters of Derek Wheeler. I don't think it's a jumble. Wendick Dengler. Mm. <laughs> Wen- Wendell Dick Lang. Hold on, give me a pen. There's a Dengler I give, there somewhere. I give, I give Roger a pen that's out of ink and a napkin to keep him busy. I need 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure enough, it's Wendick Dengler. <laughs> Where are the ends of the case? Just as we suspected. I flipped through the yellow pages. Um, so what I'm piecing together is that he was an archaeologist or wanted to find whatever. He did find it, and he told no local authorities. He didn't put it on any archaeological sites. He didn't tell anyone he had found it. Clearly, he knew what this was capable of, and he took it. And the other one is in Peru in safekeeping. I almost wonder if we should blindly mail this one to the museum and just have them lock it up. I mean... I think that may be one of the most monumentally bad ideas I've heard in a long time, and I work in the startup world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, who's gonna have? Who's gonna keep it? (laughs) Gavin is furiously texting Magdalena in the room. Go on all caps. Go underground. I think I'm gonna send it through the U.S. You see police lights. I try. (gasps) Go by the diner. Oh no! We should get out of here. Yeah. Uh, we gotta go. Uh, Gavin just texted me. Um, Get the van. Pull it around front. No, we don't have it. <laughs> Roger, what? we don't have it. No. Uh, <laughs> He's Mag- sitting at a diner t- table with four enormous hubcaps just like stacked up in the corner of the table. And a sniper rifle. <laughs> sniper rifle. <laughs> up in the corner. Like, up next to the coats. Next to coat rack. We should get out of here. Can the yeah. sniper rifle get a fresher on its coffee? Yeah. It's getting a little cold. <laughs> Do you have a coat check for this? Um, yeah, all right. Underground, underground? And then he's like thinking the only way out is either looking for like an abandoned house, which I don't know if there are any in Glenridge, or like going into the effing sewer or something crazy like that. Like that's no. the only route if it means to go underground. And in Delta Green, 
I think you go to the extremes. You try to like totally be undetectable. So something as crazy as going to the su- sewers wouldn't be off the table. At this bring, point. bring, bring. You hear the door open. Bring, bring, bring. I go to the bathroom. I shit my pants. Is the bathroom? Magdalena stands up and goes to the bathroom. You see, it's just a, a woman walking in. Let's go. We gotta go right now into the woods. Yeah, uh, yeah. I leave. I leave the uh, diner. I put my money down. Um, no, before you do, you go into the bathroom, and uh, this woman that walks in the uh, in the door uh, walks up to the counter for a moment, stands there for a couple seconds, and then just slowly makes her way over to the table where Caesar and Roger are sitting. She walks up very slowly and in a kind of understated tone and a somewhat quiet voice, this 40-something-ish, late 40s woman walks up and just calmly and quietly looks right at Roger Cumstone and the hairs on the back of his head, on the back of his neck, go up as he notices he recognizes her. She says, Roger Cumstone, I thought you were off on an island somewhere, healing yourself. Mind if I take a seat? She's completely calm, smiling, and you're like cycling through. Who the fuck is this woman? Who the fuck is this woman? And then your memory pops back up. One moment. Couldn't have been more than 20 minutes. You got into an, a van in Newark, New Jersey to get driven north to a multiple ho- the scene of a multiple homicide 10 years ago. There was a woman in the passenger seat with a thick southern accent who called herself Eileen Parker, said she was CIA, turned to you, gave you the whole mission. You see, 10 years older, Eileen Parker sits down in the booth across from you and smiles. And we'll see you next time. Take the shot! Take the shot! Take the shot! shot. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, no. What a disaster. (laughs) What a disastrous mission. (laughs) We have fucked up so bad. I honestly think this is the hardest game I've ever played in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. I just, I cannot wait for the debrief. Oh yeah. oh yeah! The checklist that you're going through of like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com/glasscannon. <laughs>